to the Dean at Stumps podcast, Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket show with expert analysis by Dean Duplessis. Hello, hi there. Welcome to another edition of the Dean at Stumps podcast. My word, we seem to to be pushing them out rather thick and fast, which I'm hoping is what you're enjoying. And uh, if you've just heard about the Dean at Stumps podcast for the first time, you're more than welcome to subscribe. And it's pretty simple, really. All that you do is you go to your preferred podcast app, be it iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Downcast, Pocketcast, or any one of the podcast apps. You look for the Dean at Stumps podcast. You subscribe and you get to listen to some really good interviews, the likes of Michael Holding, David Gower. Pommy Mbangwa, Sean Pollock, Michael Vaughan, Andy Flower, but to name a few. And uh, of course, uh, there'll be many, many more coming your way as well. Hi, hello, my name is Dean Duplessis, recording this podcast right here in the sunshine of Zimbabwe, the uh, first month of May, which or the first day of May, should I say, which I understand is led to be the champagne month or the month of champagne i wonder why that is now of course you're very welcome to give some feedback as well on what you hear on the podcast uh, you can simply do so by sending a tweet to at dean underscore plus he there's for example uh, a good trend happening with a conversation that i had with south african journalist neil manthorpe and uh, the big talking point there would be the way the cricket south africa handled ab de Villiers which is a bit of a talking point, I guess. Okay, so now, how many Zimbabweans, both in Zimbabwe and living abroad, would have heard of the name of Joel Muzea? Well, maybe quite a few, but possibly not too many, depending on how old you are. Now, Joel is the manager of the Alistair Campbell High Performance Program team, also known as the Rangers, who were a part of Zimbabwe cricket's first-class domestic setup. And although the Rangers didn't have the greatest of times, that obviously will hopefully be rectified with the more cricket they play, Joel Musea has uh, been very integral in ensuring that some of the youngsters come through. But Joel has actually been around for much longer than a lot of people give him credit for. In fact, he takes us way back to 1995 when he first of all entered the world of coaching. And uh, he explains to us, first of all, how difficult it was to try and get people to move away from playing football and to understand and get to like the game of cricket. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it took some time before before we were really well well received because um, we had to fight against, uh, I mean, to, to try and get our, 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 our piece of the cake. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you walked into the schools, most of the kids were playing soccer or they were doing athletics. And sometimes it was cricket time and you have, you're supposed to be having a session and then suddenly there's supposed to be a, a, soccer, a soccer session and all the kids are dragged to go and do soccer or athletics. But uh, later on, as we, as we went on, um, people started accepting the game. Uh, it was also during that era when Zimbabwe was starting to do well and there was cricket on TV. So it, it, it started uh, boosting whatever we were trying to do in the schools to the extent that you would walk in the streets and you find kids playing 
uh, cricket with plastic uh, plastic balls and I mean balls made out of plastic and sticks so I mean the, the worst that I saw was uh, was kids with a plank playing playing cricket with a lemon it's I actually saw somebody uh, one day I was lucky enough to go into Buririro and uh, I saw somebody well somebody described to me that there was that they were trying to execute the sweep and the reverse sweep which of course Andy Flower was playing because as you said in that time cricket now is beginning you know you you could watch it at home on TV and they were playing uh, the reverse sweep and executing a sweep shot with a watermelon yeah, I mean those kind of things were happening because because uh, uh, they were trying to imitate what was ha- what was happening on the on the big screen and uh, that actually helped uh, boost the interest. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it Absolutely was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful stories. I just wish we had photographs. Little kids playing the reverse sweep with a watermelon. Um, so uh, tell us a bit about some of the of the the kids or the people who are no longer kids uh, who you've actually had the pleasure of working with, who you've nurtured and who you've seen develop into national or first-class cricketers? Um, because because of my role as um, in charge of development in, in Manikland, um, I had the chance to to nurture, to, to, to coach and nurture some of the guys through some of them through their coaches who are also nurtured because what happened is the program when it started it created coaches and then it started creating players. Um, guys that come to not uh, like um, Donald Tiripano, I started coaching him when he was grade four. Tendai um, Chatara, uh, Kasuza, who's just uh, walked into the national team now, uh, Victor Nyauchi. Stadium Soso, who used to play first-class cricket, is now managing the the Mountaineers side, and and and, and quite a number of guys who are now into coaching. Is there, is there a, a certain way that you look at a cricketer? I remember there was a, a, an old coach who spoke about Michael Slater, the uh, former Australian opening batsman. And he said, I, I first saw Michael Slater when he was seven years old. And one of the hardest shots to play in the textbook is the on drive. So, you know, invariably your vertical bat shots are very easy to play, your, well, easier to play your pull shots, your cut shots, and so on. But when you, if you're able to play the on drive at a very young age, that is something special. And he said, I went home to my wife and he said, I found one and he will play for Australia one day. And of course, Michael Slater had a very successful opening partnership with Mark Taylor in the 1990s. Is there any of these cricketers who you have seen very briefly and said straight away, you know what, if this kid is looked after, he could actually go a very long way? Yeah, um, as, as, as time went by, when looking at uh, Donald Tiripano, I kept saying to myself, uh, this boy has what it takes to to go all the way. Uh, Tendai Shatara had, had that speed that you could just come in and ball one ball and you, your eyebrows would just go up and you're thinking, ish, this guy, this kid is going to go somewhere. Um, Kasuza had the flair with the bat, which was very nice. Uh, you know, there the, the were some things that you'd just see at practice and and suddenly you, you're you thinking, mm, there, there's something in there. And, and and you wish you wishing that that, that, that something would, would, would grow that that would burst and, and, and take that kid to a higher level. So how easy is it in Zimbabwe as opposed to the, the, the bigger cricketing playing nations to, to try and develop and nurture that talent? Because undoubtedly there is a lot of raw ability and raw talent. But at times we seem to struggle to harness that talent and to, to smooth out the edges, I suppose. Now 
in Australia, obviously, there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of fitness programs, there's all sorts of things. So in this part of the world, what do we do to ensure that the, that rough, raw talent is in, I suppose, the edges are smoothed out and, and that, you know, a bowling action is corrected uh, or a batting stance or style is, is improved? Um, yeah, it, 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 it takes uh, quite a lot, uh, Dean. Uh, it, part of it is, is the coach's approach to the, to the, to the player and, uh, and also the, the player's willingness to, to learn new things. But, you know, we don't have much technology, so most of it is actually coming from, from the coach's head and what the kid has seen and interaction and, and, and you know... It, how they interact with the world out there and what knowledge they're getting out there because sometimes then the guys the guys will just go out and, and, and see things on TV and they're thinking this is the best way to go but as a coach now you have to come back and explain to say right what you saw there is what it is for that guy and it suits him but for you this is what suits you but maybe if you want you can steal a few a few eggs from this guy's nest and to, to build your own nest but uh, without much technology it was it was it wasn't uh, that easy. Has the technology improved with you now being involved with the, well, you're the team manager of the Alistair Campbell High Performance Program, but I'm sure you, you also get involved a little bit and help out with, with coaching, as it always is. Has technology in this part of the world improved a bit for you now? Are you able to, to analyze, you know, for example, Charlton Chuma's uh, approach to the crease and maybe say, well, he's falling away to, to the leg side when he bowls or anything uh, along those lines do you now have the footage that you can look back and say right I see where it's going wrong this is where we can correct it we, we do have a little bit of footage but um, I think we're still a little bit uh, behind on the technology system uh, sense we need we need more I think once we get more we would be able to 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 improve our players much much more than we are at the moment yeah. And now let's talk a bit about you, Joel, because again, when you, how did you fall in love with the game of cricket? Because a lot of the younger players, obviously, you know, they would have looked up to the Masakadzas, the Taibus, the Chikamburas, and, and all of the players who, I suppose, were their heroes as they were growing up, and they would love to try and emulate them. But you were in a slightly different era where, one, there weren't, I suppose, a great deal of cricketers to grow up to, you being slightly older, more or less my age. And then... Secondly, I mean, even if there was cricketers who you could look up to, none of the Zimbabwe games were televised. So how did you discover your love for cricket? Um, what happened was when I was in grade six at Glenview Number 3 Primary School, which is here in Harare, um, my, 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 my teacher was in charge of cricket at the school. So one day he just said, OK, all the boys, you're going to play cricket. Uh, I used to love playing to, uh, cricket, uh, soccer. Yeah. At some point I thought I would play soccer. But when he just said, all boys, go, go meet. We, we're getting a coach from Zimbabwe Cricket and he's going to be coaching. And that was Lazarus Zijou. Wow. And, and um, yeah, we all went and um, my interest just grew from there. And I mean, like Stephen Mangongo, who I'm sure you would have had a lot of dealings with, he spoke about his older brother who came home with a funny stick-looking thing and he had no idea what it was. And he asked his brother, what is this? And his brother said, it's a cricket bat. And, you know, just the way that this big, long thing looked got Steve Mangongo interested. And uh, that was how he progressed. Were there, any, were there any people who you looked up to who influenced and encouraged you to pursue your passion? Uh, my, my grade 7 teacher, uh, encouraged me a lot 
and um, unfortunately he's late now. Um, but he, he did encourage me a lot to take on the game after 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 a few sessions. And uh, I was one of his bright boys in class, so he, he always used to say, "This game is for for intelligent people, so you must be one of them." And and just uh, just took off that just took off in me, and I, I loved it, and uh, I took it all the way to to high school. <laughs> You're listening to Dean at Stumps, hosted by Dean Duplessis. Don't you just love the stories that come out of the high-density suburbs that Joel Muzair re- re- relates to so well? For example, kids trying to play cricket with a, a plank and a lemon, others trying to play the reverse sweep with a watermelon, and that was something that I was privileged to, to witness somebody playing or trying to teach another friend of his or perhaps even a brother to play the reverse sweep using a watermelon. Now, that was just before the 2003 World Cup, so you would imagine that players such as Andy Flower, who was still playing for Zimbabwe and played the reverse sweep with a great deal of authority and command, and even Tatinda Taibu also had reasonable amounts of success with the reverse sweep. Then, by then, cricket was on the national broadcaster, on television, and a lot of the youngsters were looking up to the likes of Tatinda Taibu and Andy Flower in uh, wicket-keeping skills and rotation of strike and playing the sweep and the reverse sweep. And uh, as we said in uh, the first part of the interview, how nice it would have been to have actually had footage of that, photographs that we could have shown you. But uh, now on to the next part. Now, uh, Gary Brent, who is the coach of the Alistair Campbell High Performance Program, the Rangers, has always been a very big part of Joel Mosea and vice versa. Gary Brent has also looked up to Joel Mosea. So these two have had a very long-standing friendship and respect for one another. So how did that all come about? Yeah, there was there was a time when I was in Manikland and uh, and I was team manager for the Manikland side and Gary Gary was one of the one of the players. And uh, it's at some point uh, a brief, brief stint with the Southern team uh, when we had the inaugural T20. Uh, GB was actually playing in the team that I was coaching, and uh, we won that inaugural T20. So what is it? I mean, it's it's an incredible. The two of you just seem to get on so well. You know, he's forever talking so highly about you on on social media and always wanting you to do well. Uh, um, is that when you? Is that when the two of you actually met and, and became friends? Was when you coached him, or has it been? You know, was there stuff happening a bit before that, which uh, got the two of you together? Because, like I said, he's he's always speaks so so highly of you. Uh, you know, when giving thanks or when the team has done well, or, or you know, just pr- uh, coaching that that has gone particularly well. Anything like that, he will. Your name will be the very first that he mentions every single time. Um, we we. We didn't um, know each other prior to, to to my involvement with Manikland cricket, but I I knew his uncle uh, Jonah. Yeah. yeah, we we used to because when I when I got to Manikland, he was on the Manikland cricket board, which I sat on as well. So we used to interact a lot, and um, I got to know about Gary when he was still a player. And um, yeah, we we, we clicked. Uh, I, I liked him. I liked the way he worked. And uh, when he went into coaching, he came over to Manikland as well, and I I caught up with him. And um, yeah, after I left the schools, he invited me to come and join his academy here, the house at one, 
yes. and, and I coached there. Now he's moved on to Dynamic Sports Cadets, where I am coaching there as well as senior coach. So yeah, we do interact a lot, and I, I, I seem to like I like his vision, and I think that's one thing that has brought us together. He's got this nice vision about our youngsters improving in the game, and he's so passionate about the game, and which which is exactly I see I see myself in him. So it's like a mirror of myself. That's, that's very well put. Are you concerned about the state of cricket, especially at a lower level? Does it worry you, or do you feel that there's still a lot to be positive about? The, uh, I would put it as a 50-50. I am worried that not much is, is coming up, because like, like I expected, um, after, after the big takeoff that we had, you know, um, in the in the in the early nineties, we had a massive takeoff. There were lots of schools playing cricket. There were lots of youngsters. Then suddenly, we went smaller, and that worries me a lot. But all the same, I'm not really worried because once we we, we put our ducks in the row, we should be able. The the interest in this in, in, in at the lower level is just close to. You know, it just needs one button, and suddenly it takes off flying again. But it, it's getting the ducks in a row that is worrying, isn't it? Because it, at the moment, it seems like there's half-hearted attempts. So maybe certain people are saying the right things, but now it's it's surely a case of action speak louder than words. Yes, it is. It is a case of um, action speaking louder than words, and um, and also the attitude, the attitude of um, the guys going out there. You know. I remember when I went to Manikland, at first I was the only development coach and I used to go around the schools. I didn't have a car, I didn't have a bike. I used to use the combis with my big kit back, you know, because I had the passion. But it's something that we need to bring back. The youngsters, the coaches need to have that passion to, to go out there and want to do things, you know, go the extra mile. That once we get that, I think, I think we should be back on the road again. And I get, I also, it seems like a lot of the, the young, or the players, the younger players and coaches demand quite a bit as well. So my brother played cricket for Alex uh, from 1992 up until, 2000 and th- up until 2003. Um, and obviously he wasn't a professional cricketer, so he never got paid. Uh, maybe when he played the odd first-class game for Mashonaland or Mashonaland Country Districts. But predominantly, he's club cricket. He never got paid to play club cricket. But yet he did pay his subscriptions. And also, like, you know, if you wanted to have something to eat, you'd have to pay for that. Now the mentality has changed a bit where the players say, well, why should we be putting a lot of effort into our cricket? Because we're not being looked, up, looked after and we're not being paid. So I guess that's a difference of the passion of the 1990s as opposed to what would we call it now in, in this new age? Would it, be, would it still be a passion or is it people just being a bit spoiled? I think I think people are just um, looking to be a bit spoiled. Um, like you, like you're rightly saying, um, when we when we played club cricket, you, you had to foot your transport bill, you had to buy your own lunch, you had to buy your own cricket gear, and you know nobody would would coerce you to come to come to the ground. You know, but with these days, this day and age, these these the youngsters that we've got now. Once you ask him to come for a cricket game, he is the one who wants to play a cricket game. He is the one who wants to develop his career. The first thing that you ask me is, what about transport money? Are we going to get lunch? You know? That 
it needs to come to, 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 to a point when guys actually realize that whatever we're doing, whatever we're putting there, whatever that is being organized, the games that are being organized, it's for their benefit, not for the guy who is organizing the games. So, but now then, I suppose there's a balance, isn't it? When, when do you say, well, these players really aren't being looked after and they've been used and abused versus players need to actually stop acting like spoiled brats? Yeah, well, there, 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 is, there, there, is, there is a difference. There is a line there that we, you know, yes, I mean, when, when we get to a certain level, there's... And, and guys are doing certain things right, they, they deserve just a little bit of a thank you to say, right, I mean make them feel wanted, you know make them feel wanted make them feel that somebody is actually recognizing what, what, what they are doing, you know, and, other than just um, turning, turning your back to them and, 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 and forgetting about them they also, yeah, I mean, considering now some of these youngsters are now taking this it's now a career it's now a job if it's a job yes I mean they must get what is due to them and they must get what, what is due to them and they must but for it also it goes back to them for you to get what is due to you you must also go out there and perform yeah, and, you need and to do earn well. it, don't you? Yeah. You need to earn it. It's like respect. You need to earn respect before people respect you. Yeah. Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Getting inside your mind and, and having a bit of a chat with an incredibly humble, modest uh, human being. What would you personally like to achieve? If I were to interview you in a year's time, are you happy with where you are in your career? Would you like to improve? Would you like to, to take big, bigger steps forward? What would you have liked to have achieved in a in a year's time, uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a very difficult one. Uh, my 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 life has just been basically cricket, and uh, I think um, I would I would love to to be much more involved than I am. I would love to to touch more lives, change more lives, to, to have changed more lives than than what I think I have done at the moment. Uh, but I would still want to be in my coaching and, uh, and, and interacting with, uh, with the youngsters and watching them grow. Fantastic man is Joel Mosea. Wonderful just getting to hear what he says. Maybe perhaps the youngsters of today demand a bit too much in terms of being loved, looked after. But of course, a counter argument with that would be, well, you know what? You guys are talking about playing cricket, club cricket in the 1990s. Things worked a bit better in the 1990s and were considerably cheaper. So there's always the pros and the cons, which always makes for an incredibly good debate. Well, you've been listening very to the, uh, to the Dean at Stumps podcast, and it's been uh, a great pleasure being with you. And uh, we'll be back again pretty soon uh, with another very good podcast. Well, we hope it'll be a very good podcast. But until then... Hi, this is Danny Morrison, and you are listening to this wonderful podcast, Dean at Stumps podcast. It's a little ripper. And Dino, I know he's missing the double Ds. If you please, Dino Duplessis, what a wonderful podcast. Get amongst it, listen to it lots. It's a ripper. You've been listening to Dean at Stumps, Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket podcast. 